to Maritime AgCast, the podcast dedicated to the farmers and the farm community of the Maritimes. We will discuss all things related to the livestock industry with local, regional and national guests, as well as keep you up to date with current markets and industry events. Atlantic Stockyards Limited has been Atlantic Canada's major livestock market for over 60 years. The stockyards attract buyers regionally as well as extending into central Canada. Livestock auctions occur every Thursday with cattle, sheep, goats, hogs, rabbits and poultry all featured. Additional information such as previous market reports, feeder sale dates and vaccination forms can be found on AtlanticStockyards.com. Today we will be joined by Dr. Wilma Shankles and Jonathan Work to discuss disease management in cattle. Wilma was recently welcomed to the Department of Agriculture team as the Chief Veterinary Officer for the province of Nova Scotia. She developed her love for agriculture growing up on a dairy farm near Miramichi, New Brunswick. Wilma then attended the Nova Scotia Agricultural College, followed by the Atlantic Veterinary College. She joined the department following 25 years in private practice, the majority of which was a large animal veterinarian with Fundy Veterinarians in Truro, Nova Scotia. Wilma and her husband, Ed McMillan, have four children, all of which are in various stages of post-secondary education. Multiple-time guest Jonathan Wirt is the manager of livestock and field crops at Perennia. He has an extensive knowledge of ruminant production and management. In addition to his experience in policy and regulation related to livestock, both provincially and nationally. With over 25 years experience as a commercial farmer raising sheep and beef and delivering custom farm service, Jonathan brings practical experience with his current extension responsibilities. As a producer, Jonathan has experience in the importation and marketing of livestock genetics. Uh, Dr. Shankles and Jonathan, I'd like both to the podcast today. Thank you, Brad. So I'd like to start off our conversation around sheep a little bit with, um, you know, overall planning uh, within the flock and you know, what uh, what are we looking at as far as a, a flock health management plan? What should it include, you know, particularly around you know, reproductive management? Uh, obviously a, a big challenge for a lot of folks and ultimately uh, what leads to the the productivity and uh, profitability of a flock. So I think when it comes to reproductive management, Brad, that we have to look at what do we need to do to get these ewes pregnant quickly when they're exposed to the ram. And we need to look at what we need to do to get a good conception rate and good numbers of lambs to hit the ground. So really the big thing on that is to prepare that ewe for breeding. We want to make sure that the nutrition is good, that she is ready to get bred. We may also want to look at synchronization programs for these ewes, as well as, you know, looking at our ewe to the ram ratios and, and the length of time of exposure to the ram. On the ram side of things, nutrition is really very important as well. And making sure that we have done, you know, at least some kind of breeding and soundness exam. We want to make sure that we're putting a ram out there with those ewes that that is able to get them bred and able to do so effectively. Um, so it is a good idea to do a little bit of a breeding soundness exam on that ram to make sure that he's ready to, to do that. So, so we may also want to use teasers um, to, to monitor a little bit the readiness of the ewes and to uh, 
to get breeding activity kind of started in the in the ewes and the rams. So Jonathan, what are some red flags when you're looking at your reproductive uh, management that you would try to be working with some some shepherds on uh, to improve when it comes to getting ewes pregnant and and managing their lambing season and and stuff like that? So uh, to be honest with you, the biggest red flag that I see when I go on a farm and, and I pick up on is looking at the, the length of the lambing period that the people have. Quite often you'll see you know, lambing periods that are just really extensive or long-term over several months. And to me, that's a, a really significant red flag. It, it means that people um, have either left the rams just with their use on a continual basis, which creates problems. Now, talk about that in a second. Or they haven't, uh, you know, done all of the things that Wilma just talked about and prepared for lambing. I think quite often people don't give it, you know, lambing and or breeding a, a, enough uh, thought, and they don't get ready, and it kind of sneaks up on them, and then they just, you know, kind of, well, it's time to throw the rams out and let them do their thing. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong with that process, not the least of which is, you know, your ram is not ready to, to do his work. You know, is he, it could be lame. Um, I personally like to see rams a little bit uh, over conditioned when you turn them out, because a lot of rams uh, tend to be more interested in, in breeding than they are in eating sometimes, and you'll see them lose a pile of weight. And, uh, you know, if they lose too much weight, they're not going to do that well. The other really big one that I see, and it relates to leaving the rams in year round, um, is you know I, I've heard people over the years or seen people over the years that, that want to do an accelerated lambing program. And uh, their solution to that is to leave the rams there year round and let them breed the ewes whenever you know, the ewes come into heat. Um, invariably that, that ends up creating a bunch of problems because you never know when you're gonna be lambing. And that uh, leads a whole leads to a whole bunch of problems in terms of managing your flock and making sure the nutrition is right. And you know the end the end result is that you know you end up with uh, used lambing uh, in poor condition, um, and then they don't produce enough colostrum, and you lose the lambs. It's just if you're going to go into an accelerated lambing program, you need to you know really concentrate on the management and you can't just leave the, the rams you know to do their thing year round and, and just have lambs dropping all the time and I, I think really the biggest thing is to make sure that you're well prepared for your breeding season and uh, you you do all the things that Wilma talked about and then you will have a short lambing period and you know, to me, that's the best best sign of, of really good management when I look at someone's records. You know, the, the person that has a lambing period that's, you know, basically their ewes are all done lambing in a month. Um, those are the flocks that uh, are well managed and uh, they tend to be the ones that uh, do the best financially too. That's not to say that they don't maybe lamb more than once a year. But, you know, each of those lambing periods is, you know, a month or less. And they have uh, by far the majority of the lambs on, on the ground in that, that short period of time. So I'd like to talk kind of briefly about 
once these lambs are born and, and keeping them alive and having nice, young, healthy lambs so they can grow into be future healthy market lambs. Um, now, for our listeners, we do have a completely separate episode that is uh, specific to this topic. So we, we invite you to listen to that as well. But maybe just from a high level, Dr. Shankles, you know, what are our primary goals um, and, and how do we get there for making sure that you know, lambs hit the ground healthy, vigorous, uh, and ready to start their life on the, on the right foot? Yeah, that's always the goal of any any sheep farm is we really want to raise a high number of healthy lambs. Um, and really to do this, it comes back to, you know, our ewes, making sure that they have good nutrition, good care of the pregnant ewe, good care, uh, you know, around uh, mastitis control to make sure that the, the lambs are getting adequate nutrition, good lambing management, you know, and, and good care for those lambs after birth. You know, we we, we want to make sure that they are, are uh, latching to the use early and, um, you know, getting good nutrition there. Um, the other thing we want to look at is some of the common lamb diseases, and we want to make sure that we are preventing those. So that means, you know, good air quality in your lambing barn, scour prevention, um, creep feeds, you know, with coccidiostats that are going to prevent coccidiosis in those lambs as they are growing. Those kinds of things are really important, um, you know, to look at with our, our lambs as they are growing. So I certainly agree with everything that Wilma said, but I think that the really critical things are to make sure you know that you do all the the prep work with your ewes and and ensure their 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 nutrition is is optimal throughout their whole gestation and uh, you know if you do that uh, I I truly believe that the majority of the problems that uh, people see at lambing time can be avoided you know and I, it's also important to make sure you keep your vaccination of your your ewes up to ensure that the colostrum that uh, is available to them is is got the you know an optimal level of uh, antibodies in it, and I think if you do all of those things, you're breeding healthy ewes that they don't have you know a pre-existing mastitis condition from the the previous lambing, you know, and you're not rebreeding ewes that uh, may have prolapsed the previous year. You know, you call those problems before you breed the ewes, and then if you can, you know, make good, do a good job of maintaining the health of the ewes through the gestation, your lambing period is going to be a lot simpler and a lot easier. Jonathan, as you noted a little bit earlier, one of the the key things to farm profitability is good, healthy um, market lambs. Our goal there is to to get animals to market in in the shortest amount of time possible that meet the market conditions, you know, what else should we be making sure that we're doing from a healthy market lamb perspective? Um, and how do we mitigate or, or manage some of those challenges as well? So in terms of getting your, your lambs to market in a timely manner and uh, ensuring that, uh, you know, you minimize the death loss and through the, the growth period, doing everything right right from day one in terms of breeding the ewes and, and uh, making sure that the lambs are you know, treated uh, you know properly in early in their in their first few hours, ensuring they get enough colostrum, 
absolutely critical to future success. And then, you know, you've if you've put a lot of work into getting the ewes to the point where they lamb and following their nutrition, then you need to, to continue that on through the through the lactation and ensure that the ewes are main, maintained in the best possible you know, condition and you, you optimize their nutrition. And you really can't do that unless you're, you know, you're aware of what your forage quality is. I recognize that a lot of, you know, lambs are raised on pasture. You know, pasture management is critical and, and making sure you do a good job on on uh, parasite management is, 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 you know, also a big component of that. Uh, if you're raising those lambs in the barn and the ewes lactating in the barn, then you know, you have the ability to, to manage your nutrition. And it's absolutely critical that you have a good handle on what your forage quality is because you can't balance a ration unless you know that. You know, on a kind of a, a basic management perspective, you know, you want to make sure that you get those lambs vaccinated, hopefully before you, you wean them. Um, because you know weaning is going to be a pretty stressful event for them on to a you know a different feed regime from what they've been used to and then you know going through the growth period of those lambs you know assuming that you've done a good job vaccinating them you want to you know optimize their growth if they're in the barn you you know you need to to do do the job of of balancing the ration and making sure that they've got an adequate uh, level of energy and protein, but I think even more critically than this, and it's becoming, that's been driven home to me a number of times over the last few years, is making sure that you, you know, you look at the minerals and, and the vitamins in your in your ration and, and get somewhere close to what their requirements are. You know, if you've got lambs out on pasture, you know, it's really critical, you know, if you're raising those lambs on pasture, that you make sure you do a good job on pasture management and parasite management. And uh, you know, keep an eye on 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 the parasite loads for sure. You probably should be bringing the lambs in and on a regular basis and weighing them and and checking them for potential parasite uh, signs of par parasitism. It's impossible to really tell what's going on just by looking at at, at lambs on pasture. The other thing is that uh, you know, as we get into the later part of the summer. Uh, into the end of July and August, you know, we've we've seen some really significant issues with parasites in lambs and ewes. You know, the the probably the simplest way of eliminating those issues with with the lambs is to get them weaned off the ewes and get them away from the ewes onto some clean pasture, and uh, and give them the opportunity to to graze some clean pasture by themselves and and you know optimize their growth. You know, as the, there's a lot of potential parasite exposure if you leave these lambs with the ewes or graze them on the same land that, that the ewes have been grazing all summer. And I think we can eliminate a lot of our problems by just getting those lambs away from the ewes and, and feeding them. You know, regardless of uh, pasture conditions or whether you got them in the barn, you know, depending on, on the price of, of grain and, and uh, you know, the environment and the conditions, what your goals are, it certainly makes sense to look at creep feeding and optimizing the growth of the lambs through through using a creep feed. Uh, anytime that the, the animals are nutritionally stressed, um, they're also going to be more susceptible to parasites. 
And I think if you 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 do everything right, you get your 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 nutrition right, then it reduces the potential for parasitism and, and the problems associated with that. In upcoming events, the Nova Scotia Cattle Producers and Sheep Producers Association of Nova Scotia have been posting monthly virtual farm tours. Visit nscattle.ca and nssheep.ca and their social media channels to view these monthly releases. The Nova Scotia Cattle Producers and Dairy Farmers in Nova Scotia team up to celebrate cattle producers in Nova Scotia by holding a Cattle Appreciation Day at Atlantic Stockyard Limited. During the Stockyard Spring Breeding Stock Sale on Saturday, May 15th, there will be free hamburgers and ice cream bars provided for lunch and celebrating cattle producers' hard work. We invite all producers to attend this celebration and hope to see you there. Upcoming Atlantic Stockyards feeder sale dates are May 11th and 15th the May 15th breeding stock sale and check out atlanticstockyards.com for their full summer schedule. The agri-stability enrollment deadline of April 30th has been extended to June 30th, 2021. Additional information can be found at www.agr.gc.ca. Make sure you're regularly checking the Nova Scotia programs website for available programs at novascotia.ca forward slash programs. So Dr. Shankles, and you know, one of the things that's that's come up a lot in the last probably seven or eight years, especially here in Nova Scotia, uh, is challenges with parasite loads in sheep. And an important thing, obviously, to managing parasite load is having a, a good flock health management plan and a, a good relationship with your veterinarian. For those listeners out there, what should they be looking for in their sheep to get a bit of a an idea of whether or not they might be having a, a parasite issue, you know, how to manage that issue and, and really what they should be doing when they're reaching out to their veterinarian. Thanks, Brad. So, yeah, um, you know, parasites in sheep is, is always a huge problem. And the other thing that's becoming a huge problem is the resistance of the parasites to drugs that we use to, to treat them. So when we look at parasite management plans, we have to look at both those issues. So we want to develop a parasite management plan that is going to control the parasites in the sheep and not lead to resistance in those parasites so that we do not have effective drugs to treat them with. And, and those are really the two hallmarks of a good parasite control program. So you really need to you know, connect with your veterinarian to develop a plan for this. And, and you know, some of the things that may be including in, in that plan are things that you will want to look at are things like pasture rotation. How do I rotate my sheep through the pastures to minimize the number of parasites that they're going to come in contact with? We may look at things like, you know, grazing our sheep with other species so that there's a mix of parasites on the pasture and, and, and the sheep are not getting exposed to as many as many parasites. Your veterinarian will likely want to monitor your sheep or you will want to monitor your sheep for the parasite level in them and a, and a few things that we can use to, to monitor those levels are, um, you know, FAMACHA scoring, which, which scores the uh, mucous membranes around the eyes and uses that color of those mucous membranes to be an indication of the parasite load in the sheep. The other things that we can look at are the manure consistency of the sheep that will sometimes give us an indication. And the other 
good thing to use to monitoring is your veterinarian or the animal health lab can do fecal egg counts. And that will, if you do those on a regular basis, it will give you an indication of, you know, are the, the parasite levels in my sheep rising? Are they staying constant? Are they getting to the level that I need to think about treating these sheep? And then you will base your, your treatment based on those, you know, either the FAMACHA scoring or the fecal egg counts to, to get your treatment targeted so that we're treating these sheep at the right time for the right parasites and we're not overusing these drugs so that we're going to get resistance and make them ineffective. So I totally agree with everything that Wilma's just said and the, the challenge that I see uh, in terms of parasite programs and parasite control is that there is no simple one, one, one control program works for every farm. Every farm is different. Their sheep are different and the problems that they face are different. And that's why I think it's key that you work with your veterinarian and, and come up with a program that works for you. And recognize that that program might have to change from year to year, depending on the weather conditions and, and the other things that are happening. You know, parasites are, it's a really complex issue. You know, what works on one farm today uh, may not work on the next farm next door tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's really, this is an issue that you really need to work with your veterinarian and figure out what's working for you and what's not. And it's not a simple solution that if I worm with this product, it's going to solve all my problems. It's, it's, it's really an integrated management system that you need to develop with a bunch of tools that you can use on your own farm. And those tools will vary from farm to farm. So as Wilma said, it might be pasture management and and use of a certain uh, anthelmintic product, or it may be totally different for someone else. And, and that's where working with your veterinarian is key. Dr. Shankles, one of the things that we, I think we need to discuss a little bit when we talk about reproductive management uh, is abortions in use. What, what can you tell us about that and, and how to manage and, and reduce the amount of abortions we have within our flock? So with abortions, I think we do have to look at that in sheep. We're, we're always going to get a few of those, but we should be seeing that them at levels, you know, less than 5% of our, our flock. And anytime we get abortions, um, it is good to look into those to see what the cause is, because it may be a disease that you have to do something about in your flock and, and you may want to control it so that that problem doesn't perpetuate into the next uh, breeding cycle. So it is important to, to kind of look at what those causes are. The other reason it's good to look at those causes are a, a, a lot of the agents that can cause abortions in sheep can also cause disease in humans. So it's good to know what the cause of abortion is and, and the best way to find that out is to get a, a diagnosis from the vet pathology lab on those abortions. They are very good at figuring those out and um, you know it does give you a lot of valuable information for your farm for both prevention of disease for yourself and for your flock. Here's the market report for the weekend at April 23rd, 2021, brought to you by Atlantic Stockyards Limited, which has been Atlantic Canada's primary auction mark for more than 60 years. In the local hog market, base price in Nova Scotia was $2.42 per kilogram. 
up 3.9 cents from last week. In Ontario, base price was up 3.9 cents from last week to $2.34 per kilogram. In the Quebec market, base price was $2.36 per kilogram, up 4.9 cents from last week. On the cattle side, fed cattle Atlantic beef products was $2.38 on the rail, an increase of five cents from the prior week. In Ontario, live steers sold for $1.44, moving up three cents from last week. And in Quebec, rail price was $2.43, up six cents from last week. Call cattle Atlantic stockyards sold for 87 cents, an upward change of 12 cents from last week, while rail price at Atlantic beef products was $1.50, up two cents from last week. Calls in Ontario averaged 74 cents, no change from the prior week, and 71 cents Quebec, moving up a cent. Good Bob calves between 90 and 120 pounds at Atlantic Stockyard sold for $131, down $85, while calves in Ontario were up $0.03 cents to a price of $2.03 per pound. Calves in Quebec were $1.91, an increase of $0.06 cents per pound. Base price for lambs at Northumberland Brookside Avatars, $14.40 for old crop and $14.60 per kilogram for new crop lambs, while mutton sits at $6. 50 to 64 pound lambs at Atlantic stock average average $3.80 per pound at 62 pounds. In Ontario, 50 to 64 pound lambs average $4.51 per pound at 59 pounds, ranging from $4.17 to $4.95. For 65 to 79 pound lambs at Atlantic stockyards, they average $4.05 per pound at 74 pounds. And in Ontario, 65 to 79 pound lambs averaged $4.38 per pound at 72 pounds, ranging from 355 to 485. Use at Atlantic stockyards ranged from 110 to 260 dollars, averaging 201. And in Ontario, use averaged $1.73 at 154 pounds and ranged from 87 cents to $2.90. Make sure you check the association's websites for additional pricing information. So we've had discussion in the past, uh, and I think it's related to all livestock. Is you know, obviously, the the longer that you can keep uh, your brood flock, your your group of ewes healthy and productive, will lead to your ultimate farm productivity and profitability. You know, what are some keys to maintaining that healthy breeding flock, and what do you see kind of out there on a daily basis as to maybe some challenges that the the industry and the Maritimes is having? So Brad, I think the big things that we want to look at in, in maintaining that healthy adult flock is, you know, again, as Jonathan has, has mentioned many times, is, is the nutrition of that flock, making sure that we're getting proper nutrition in there and that we're keeping those, those sheep in good condition. Um, one of the key factors in, in that in sheep is dental disease. So we do want to monitor our adult use for, for dental disease to make sure that they're able to, to eat the diet that's presented to them and to call those sheep, you know, early before dental disease really causes an issue with that. There certainly are in the Maritimes several chronic diseases in sheep flocks that, that can have a pretty significant impact on your breeding flock. Some of these that you may be aware of are, um, you know, scrapie, listeria, Casey's lymphadenitis, Yoni's disease is another big one that we're seeing increasing in the maritime flock, as well as Medibisna or ovine progressive pneumonia. Those diseases are diseases that we're, we're seeing on a flock basis, 
more often. So it's a good idea to have a idea of the status of those diseases within your flock. And the only really way of doing that is is testing to know what's there and to monitor the levels in, in your flock. And so it's probably good to involve your veterinarian in this and discuss, you know, what are the, you know, first of all, the, the testing procedures that I should be going up through to, to identify whether I have these diseases in my flock and then to determine what level they are in your flock and then the control programs to kind of how do I eradicate them from my flock because these are fairly these are major production limiting diseases and so if we can control them and reduce the level in our flock we are going to have a more productive flock. This also you know is a big part on the biosecurity component. Uh, we do want to make sure that we're not uh, you know buying placement use or lambs that are going to introduce these diseases to our flocks. So we do want to know a little bit about the flock history, where we are purchasing those replacements and what the disease status of these diseases are in those flocks. So when we're we're looking at, you know, these diseases and, and how to control them, this is where it's really important to establish a good vet client patient relationship with your veterinarian. So you know, contact your veterinarian, tell them you want to talk about establishing a health management plan for your your flock. You want to be looking at some of these issues like parasite control and, you know, disease management and your veterinarian can can come up with a plan for these things. He can give you the the outline on how to test for diseases, go through the testing procedure with you collect samples, submit samples, and establish a management plan for these diseases to help you reduce the level of them on your farm. So Dr. Shankles, we've had the conversation before, and if anybody listened to the, the beef version of the Animal Health podcast uh, that we, we did, um, one of the things we talk a lot about is preventing disease uh, and having a, a sound vaccination program uh, can you comment a little bit with that and and building that program with your veterinarian? Sure, Brad. Um, I think you know one of the things that that is important in any you know health management plan is a good vaccination program. And again, to develop a good vaccination program, that is going to be something that is a, a little bit of an individual process for each farm. So it is very important to work with your veterinarian to develop that. In sheep, we're, we're often concerned about vaccination programs for particularly a lot of the clostridial diseases, and those can be really a big issue in in your adult sheep as well as, as your market lambs. And so it's important to get a, a vaccination program that is going to, you know, get some immunity levels built up in your your new flock and also to maintain that immunity through through your lambs as they are growing. So again, you really need to work with your veterinarian to establish a, a vaccination program that, that's really gonna work best for you on your farm and target the things that you need to target. Uh, so maybe one last thing before we go here. 
And we, we talked a little bit about uh, managing your flock while they're on pasture and, and parasite control. Is there anything that sheep owners need to know or should know about, you know, the importance of maintaining a healthy flock and maybe preventing uh, or helping to prevent at least predator issues? Yes, Brad. I mean, predator issues are always uh, an issue on sheep farms and and so and there are various methods out there that can in reducing predator problems um i think one of the the big things is you know predators are going to be a problem anytime there is a good source of prey for them so we do want to make sure that our flock is healthy and well maintained that our you know, carcass disposal is done in an appropriate method so that it's not attracting prey. And then we can look at you know, different methods, you know, um, guard species, guard dogs, guard donkeys, lights, those types of, of tools that can help you know, reduce predator losses as well. And again, this is one of those things that is going to be individual to the individual farm because what works for you does not always work for your neighbor. And it does take a little bit of experimenting to probably figure out what's going to work on a and on a given and particular farm. But there are certainly a number of tools out there and a, and a number of things that you can be doing to hopefully reduce those predator losses. One of the things we talked a little bit about in a previous episode is uh, biosecurity and preventing those diseases from coming on the farm um, rather than having to manage them once they're there. What's the importance of a biosecurity program and what are the very basics that you should be considering when uh, introducing a biosecurity or evaluating your current biosecurity plan on your farm? So really, I think we have to think of the, the components of a biosecurity plan. And, and so there's really three basic components. And one is we're trying to prevent the introduction of infectious diseases to your farm. We're also trying to prevent the spread of diseases on your farm and preventing the export of these diseases off your farm, especially if they have an adverse effect on, on the economy, the environment or human health. So those are really the three pillars of, of a biosecurity program, and that's what we're trying to accomplish with them. And I think that the big thing is to know, you know, what you have on your farm, what diseases are present there, and to prevent introducing new ones to your farm. So that means buy from known sources, preferably few sources, and introducing them, quarantining them for a while when you're introducing them so you're not bringing new things in. And then it's again looking at vaccination programs to protect from things you might bring in or to reduce the spread of things. That's really the big important things is, is to kind of know diseases, what are there and what's not there. And then there's also what introduces diseases to our farms. People can also be a source. And so, you know, we typically don't think of, you know, having people, visitors on our farms, but really monitoring that as far as, you know, basically if they come with clean clothing, clean footwear, farm dedicated footwear that is unique to your farm, that's going to help curb the spread of diseases and introduction of diseases to your farm as well. And those are, are 
big pillars of any good biosecurity program. You know, knowing where you're buying your sheep from, making sure you're buying from, you know, healthy flocks that you know the status of the health status of those flocks, and then you know, controlling the the movement on and off your farm so that you continue to ensure the health of those those animals that you've invested in. I really think that that's that's the key, um, and everybody has different goals. You know, the ideal situation is to have a totally closed flock. Uh, but that's not possible for a lot of people. So, you know, you have to figure out what's working and what's not working for you. But I think the biggest thing is awareness and, uh, you know, making sure that you are aware of the issues related to biosecurity and trying to maintain the health of your animals through biosecurity. Jonathan, how do folks reach out to you at Perennial to find out more about biosecurity as well? Well, certainly we have some uh, materials available on our website. So if you go to uh, perennia.ca, you can find all kinds of uh, information uh, related to management and and, uh, other agricultural topics, including biosecurity. So for the listeners out there interested on biosecurity for sheep, they can visit nssheep.ca forward slash animal health. And there you'll find the national sheep on farm biosecurity standard uh, an overview as well as the entire document that'll get you started on your on farm biosecurity program i think this wraps up our discussion with uh, dr wilma shankles and jonathan Wirt. i want to thank you both very much for joining me today uh, as always it's great speaking with you and and gathering your knowledge and and sharing it with as many folks as we can thanks brad it's a pleasure to join you thank you brad Don't want to miss any future episodes? Subscribe to a Maritime Acast today through Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your other favorite podcast platform. This concludes another episode of Maritime Agcast. We would like to thank our producer, the Agri-Commodity Management Association, Director Ashley, as well as Matt Whitehour and Micah Dahl-Anderson of archesaudio.com for providing the music you heard during this episode. Until next time, happy farming and keep feeding the Maritimes.